0: concerns and be in prayer for those named and listed. But now, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God this day. please stand together, take your bulletin, and let's read together our call to worship responsively. Your part is in the bold print. From the very beginning, God calls us. God sets us apart with meaning and purpose. We come up with excuses to avoid our calls, for we are afraid. But God is us. even if we are brought to the edge of a cliff. God is with us and Our opening hymn is How Firm a Foundation, hymn number five hundred twenty-nine. forward for a children's moment. Oh, and you've got some peanut butter. Yay. Our basket's empty. We need some more. There you go. Chunk it in there. Hey, bub. You can have a seat. Okay. I have an apology to make to y'all. So I had a great little lesson plan for this morning where you were all going to get to go home with some modeling clay, and I woke up this morning and thought, "It's Sunday. I didn't go buy the clay." <laughs> so you don't get to go home with anything. You just have to listen to the story. Just use the peanut butter. You, and well, we could use the peanut butter, but that would be really messy. <laughs> I mean, we would. Yeah, I think we would just have to stop. Um, and apparently I haven't even marked my page, so give me a second. I'm all kinds of off this morning. All right, we're gonna find it, don't worry. Can we do the what? The snow page, oh, well that's not the story I'm sharing. Why can't I find my story? Aha, I found it, okay. not we do that one No, we did this one last week. So this, about yeah, the other, about the same there. So remember we did this one last week about Samuel and how he heard God calling in the night, and he kept going and talked to Eli, and we talked about that that's part of what we do as church, is we kind of help each other hear God and come to know God. Well, this week we're talking about another little boy who heard God call, and his name is Jeremiah. So in a second, well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to read you the story. Then you see if you can figure out why I was going to give you modeling clay. I'm sitting at a weird angle this morning. Cody, you're in my book away. I'm going to turn this way. There we go. We're good. It says, God calls a young person to be a prophet. Jeremiah, the boy prophet. One day, God spoke to Jeremiah. I have chosen you to be my prophet. Jeremiah was afraid. I am only a boy, he said. I won't know what to say. I will tell you the words, God said, touching Jeremiah's lips. Even before you were born, I chose you. God showed Jeremiah a branch of an almond tree, which is the first tree to bloom in the spring. Jeremiah knew what God meant. He would make Jeremiah's work blossom like the almond tree. Then God sent Jeremiah to a potter's house. See the potter? Have you ever made anything with pottery? He sent Jeremiah to a potter's house. Jeremiah watched as the potter formed a jar of clay on his wheel but the jar was lopsided. So the potter took wet clay and reshaped it until at last it was whole and perfect. My children are like clay in my hands, God said. If they let me, I will make them whole and perfect. Jeremiah served the Lord as a prophet for 40 years and tried to teach people how to live and be shaped by God's love. So why do you think I was going to hand out clay for you to take home? Yeah, so you can play with it. And remember how we can take that clay and kind of squish it and mold it. And you can make bowls and animals and all kinds of stuff with it. Or like he does, he's made a a plant. I mean, that's right, a pot. So last week we talked about how the church kind of helps us hear God's voice. Well, this story kind of reminds us that all through our lives, God is working in us. God's trying to speak to us. God's trying to show us through other people who God is and who we should be. So that last line, Jeremiah served, um, served the Lord as a prophet for 40 years and tried to teach people how to live and be shaped by God's love. So that's something we have to remember, that we have to be open to being shaped by God's love. And that's another thing that we do at church. We kind of learn to see what that looks like, learn about who God is, and help learn about God's love. All right, well, I'm sorry I don't have modeling clay for you. Maybe another time. I know you're sad too. Just buy it for you next week. No, I don't know if I'll do that. We'll see. Maybe, maybe. Saturday. That's true. I should have gone to the store Saturday and not. So I agree. We'll we'll work on it. We'll work on it. All right. Let's fold our hands, and we'll say a prayer. You ready? You're me. Dear God, thank you for giving purpose to everyone's life, including mine. Amen. All right, well, we don't have extended session today because we're going to have communion together. So y'all can get up and go back to your seats. And thanks for the peanut butter. So kind of like I um, reminded the kids kind of what we did last week and where we're going, I want to remind you um, kind of where we are. We've been using the story of Israel to kind of help us think through this dive-in series and God calling and using people. So we began with Moses and Aaron, that great Exodus event where the people of God came to know God as the God who saves You know, we fled from Egypt, wandered in the wilderness as a nomadic people for 40 years, came into the promised land where we find the conquest narratives, and we get the time of the judges. We looked at Deborah and Gideon. There's other judges in the story. Um, People called to guide, to lead, to direct this loosely connected group of people that just are beginning to make a name for themselves. So last week, We looked at Hannah and her son Samuel, the judge and prophet that moves Israel into being a nation, a nation united under a king. I'm not really gonna spend time with the kings and the time of the kings. Um, You can go through and read those. Instead, as you may have already figured out with Children's Moment, we're jumping to the prophets. So Israel does become this great nation, flourished under King David. But as happens with nations, uh, the cost to remain in power by doing all one can do to keep power, well, it leads them to kind of forget who they are and whose they are, and eventually to their downfall as other nations rise. So Assyria moves in, Then the Babylonians come in and Jerusalem is destroyed. And throughout this time in history, prophets rise up to remind the people of God who they are and whose they are, kind of call them back to God. So we're going to look at two prophets today, Jeremiah and Ezekiel as we continue to go through this dive-in series. And both of them lived during these turbulent times. They were called as prophets to speak to God's people um, during uncertain and scary times. Well, first I want to give you the call story of Jeremiah. You heard pieces of it already. It's from Jeremiah 1, 1 through 10. And the beginning, the beginning few verses can be a little mundane, and it just lists kings, but it shows you kind of how uncertain and turbulent this time was in which Jeremiah lived. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anaphoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of King Josiah, son of Ammon of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of King Jehoiakim, son of Josiah of Judah, and until the end of the 11th year of King Zedekiah, son of Joshua of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Oh, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See today, I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. So Jeremiah is called during this time of turmoil, um, unstable leadership. And if you read more than just the call story, um, you'll find that Assyria is collapsing, Babylon is moving in. It's just a time of war, political unrest, unstable leadership. And Jeremiah's message during all of this time, it isn't exactly this rosy picture of hope. Instead, he kind of names all the bad things. He calls out all the mistakes. He names the sin. He doesn't exactly make friends. He makes people angry. His life is even threatened. And he's pretty honest before God. He complains a lot when he thinks God is not being fair. At more than one time, he's saying, it would have been better for me if I had never been born. And just as we read, um, his call story kinds of, kind of reminds us of Moses and Gideon, two figures we have already looked at. God calls them to a specific task. They say, mm, No thanks. Moses actually saying, I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech. Please send someone else. And Gideon saying, How can I do this? I am the least in my family. And Jeremiah says, I can't do this. I am only a boy. Well, then we get to Ezekiel, the prophet following Jeremiah. And Ezekiel comes after the Babylonians have moved in, destroyed Jerusalem, and the Israelites sit in exile, defeated, forced to leave their homeland, living exiles in a foreign land. These years in exile, well, they piled into decades, and despair finally sets in. It had just been too long. Their hope for a better future is as alive as a valley of dry, disconnected bones. I feel like everyone knows where we are going now. So I want to read from you, read to you from Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. And listen to the imagery in this passage. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley, It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling. And the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and there were sinews on them. And flesh came upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel." They say our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, we are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy to them and say, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. I will place you on your own soil, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken And will act, says the Lord. God asks Ezekiel, Can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, Oh Lord God, you know. Now, this week, as I was reading it, um, I've never really wondered how does Ezekiel say this, but it struck me this week, and I have wondered, have you ever really thought, how does he say that sentence, oh Lord God, you know? I mean, is it a confident, oh God, you know that you can do all things. If you want these bones to live, then of course they will. Or is it something I kind of felt more reading it this week, uh, oh God, I don't know anything anymore. Everything seems terrible. Do you not see how bad off we are? But if anyone knows, you do. The stories of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, well, they are stories of two individuals, two persons of faith who were born in the time of history of God's people that weren't that great. In fact, they were hard, scary, the future uncertain. And for us, Today, the hope, as we have said over the past few weeks in this series, the hope is that we hear these stories and are comforted ourselves um, as people who are caring a lot, that we are comforted by stories of people of faith um, who lived in times that were a lot, and yet they found a way to just take that next faithful step. For Jeremiah and Ezekiel, there was a lot going on in their little piece of the world, a lot going on in the time in which they were born, and yet they found a way to just take that next faithful step. And Jeremiah, for as hard as his story is, and if you go read through the book of Jeremiah, it's, not, it's a hard book, it's not a very happy book. But for as hard as his story is, um, as turbulent as his world was, for all the complaining that you will find Jeremiah do, rightfully so, um, there's another story we find. We also find this. As the Babylonians are moving in, destruction is around, we find this. The message Jeremiah received from God in the 10th year of Zedekiah, king of Judah. It was the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar. At that time, the army of the king of Babylon was holding Jerusalem under siege. Jeremiah was shut up in jail in the royal palace. Zedekiah, king of Judah, had locked him up, complaining, How dare you preach, saying, God says, I'm warning you. I will hand this city over to the king of Babylon, and he will take it over. Zedekiah, king of Judah, will be handed over to the Chaldeans right along with the city. He will be handed over to the king of Babylon and forced to face the music. He'll be hauled off to Babylon, where he'll stay until I deal with him. God's decree, fight against the Babylonians all you want. It won't get you anywhere. Jeremiah said, God's message came to me like this. Prepare yourself. Hanimal, your uncle Shalom's son, is on his way to see you. He is going to say, buy my field. You have the legal right to buy it. So I bought the field from my cousin and i took the documents both the sealed and the open deeds and put them for safekeeping keeping in a pottery jar for god the god of israel says life is going to return to normal homes and fields and vineyards are again going to be bought in this country jeremiah buys a field a plot of land in the midst of destruction and rubble and uncertain future. He buys a field as a sign that God is even here, even in the rubble. So maybe, maybe that next faithful step um, for us is just to simply build and bloom where we have been planted even when it is a hard place. And then Ezekiel. Well, Ezekiel sits in the midst of a people in despair. It's over. It's been over. It's been over for too long. There's no hope for us now. They're saying, God has abandoned us. We might as well be dead because we have no future. And to that, God says, no, no. I'm here. I'm literally in your midst. Life is found, even here. New life moves among these dry, brittle bones. Look, listen, feel it. Ezekiel reminds us that the Spirit of God breathing new life can be found even in times of exile and despair, and Jeremiah calls us to build and to plant and to bloom even in the midst of destruction and rubble. I always find it interesting um, when we kind of lay these series out months or weeks in advance, um, and then Scripture has a way to speak into reality a message of new life breathes into dry, brittle bones, and a message calling to build, to plant, to bloom, even if it's a hard place in the middle of rubble and destruction. Now, I know Hurricane Ida treated us fairly well, um, but others do sit in the midst of rubble and destruction. Others are experiencing um, a different sort of exile as they grieve the loss of all that they had. So a question we have been sitting with in this series is, how can we be church in this season? Not really post-hurricane, but how are we to be church in this season, a season of a lot in which we are living? We can be a blessing. We can speak a blessing. We can speak hope. We can foster trust and speak truth, all things we have named over the past three weeks. And then we can choose to be a church that responds to God's call to breed life, to build and to plant and to bloom where we are planted, even if it is a hard place. Ezekiel and Jeremiah, both these stories remind us that God calls us to serve no matter our condition, no matter our situation, no matter our status, and their lives tell us that we can hear and respond to God's call no matter who we are, or what we are, or where we are. That and two other things. So I was reading through a commentary this past week, and it named something about Ezekiel's story that um, I've just never really thought about before. You get so focused on the bones. Uh, but I was reading through it, and it says, the story of Ezekiel fits who he is as an individual. If Ezekiel had been a singer, God would have said, sing to the bones. If Ezekiel had been a baker, God would have said, bake for the bones. Ezekiel is a prophet. So God says, prophesy just never thought of it that way before. Ezekiel being called to do what he is. So maybe that's something that we can carry. Maybe that's our next faithful step. When everything feels like a lot, um, when the call seems scary and a bit too much, when breathing new life just seems impossible, and building and planting seems too tall in order, taking that next faithful step may just mean being you doing the little things some of them maybe only you can do as we see every time there is a great disaster we've seen people donate water fill up gas cans um, provide housing for people who are currently without them i think it's always this great reminder of the beauty and the hope And the life that we each carry and that we can offer to one another. And Jeremiah, well, Jeremiah's story, his commitment to build and to plant and to bloom where he was planted, even when it was a hard place, it answers that question, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. All of these things um, to bloom where we are planted, to step out, uh, to answer the call, to breathe life. All of these things take nourishment for our own souls. Um, As we've heard and spoken to the children the past two weeks, that's what we receive from one another in these times of worship. Um, That's what we receive as we engage in small group work together. And that is what we receive when we get to come, come to table and be nourished with grace. We come and we remember that we serve a living and present Lord, promising to feed, to cover, to wash us with grace. So the hope is that this time of worship um, each week, this time of coming to table, may it, as one theologian said, breathe new life into our lives breathe new life into our homes, breathe new life into our neighborhoods, breathe new life into our relationships, breathe new life into our church. May it be so. Amen. We're going to do um, communion a little bit differently this morning. Uh, y'all must, may be used to that by now because we keep switching things up. Um, but first, um, as we do every time we prepare to come to table, we begin with confession, um, knowing that there are ways we have not fully lived into God's vision for who we can be um, as, a, as a church and as a people. But we lift that, knowing that God receives our confession forgives us, and allows us to go forth as renewed people. So I invite you to join with me as we prepare for Holy Communion in our confession. It's found in your bulletin, and let us say these words together. God of judgment and renewal, we admit to you and to each other that we have not always loved you and our neighbors as fully as you call us to love. We have failed to be good stewards of the air, the water, the animals, and the plants. We have turned away from you and toward our own self-interest. We have been short-sighted, and we are humbly sorry. Help us turn back to you, O Lord. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. We still aren't getting up and shaking hands, but I do invite you look around, wave to your neighbors, and say, Peace of Christ be with you. We continue to prepare for time at table with the great thanksgiving, looking forward to the day where we can sing our beautiful liturgy once again. Um, But it is a way that we lift up words of thanks while telling the story of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Um, And the words I'm using today actually come from an epiphany liturgy, but I think they were fitting um, for the scripture we read and for the the words that we have lifted. Um, You'll find your responses in the bold in the bulletin. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Holy God, in the beginning was darkness, mystery, and you. By your own word, you shattered the darkness with light. You set in the sky radiant beams of sunlight and punctured the night sky with sparkling jewels. You forever changed our darkness. Holy God, though there are shadows and worries, you have placed your word in us to be a lamp for our feet. You have given your spirit like a bright guiding star. You fill us with your love as glorious as the sun. You place your truth like a crescent moon. Every darkness is overcome with light, and every light contains shafts of your eternal light. God of the sun and stars, we praise you, and with all the creatures of earth and all the company of heaven, we join the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Ever persistent and ever loving God, you placed a star in the sky to guide people from far and near to your child. Jesus became the light of the world drawing the lost and forgotten, the hurt and the wounded, the oppressed and depressed to the wellsprings of life. He changed water into wine, called unheralded workers to be disciples, preached good news to the poor, healed the sick, and beckoned people to love their neighbor. By his baptism, suffering, death, and resurrection, he revealed the depths of your love and the power of light over darkness. On the night he was given up for us, at table with those who would desert and deny him, he took bread, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Therefore, Holy God, grant that in praise and thanksgiving we may be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in your sight, and that our lives may proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts, that through Christ's presence we may become a beacon of holy light, a source of joy a witness for peace. Remember, God of all mercy, those who suffer this day, those who are sick, imprisoned, or troubled, and those who face death with no one to comfort them. Remember also those that we lift in your presence, either silently or aloud. Melody Musgrove, Angie Williams, and Wisenborn. O God, who hears our prayers, by your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, one with seekers far and near, and one in ministry to all the world, until we feast at your heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now let us join our voices together as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be their name. As I said, we're going to try something a little bit different because one thing I miss mostly about communion, and I know we've been doing it um, for safety reasons in seats, but one thing I miss the most is just seeing the body come forward um, as a reminder that this right here is not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about us being connected through the body and blood of Christ. It's about us becoming one in Christ. Um, So we will come up, um, and you'll just pick up uh, the packet from the altar, just kind of stop where you are, take a moment. You can partake of the elements. There are bowls at the end and some on the stools where you can place the trash when you are done. And we'll just move through this, so you may kind of have to watch, give people some space as they stop, and families can come up and take together. Um, The basket is here for your communion offering. If you didn't put it in the back basket, all the communion offering for this month will go toward disaster response for Louisiana, going through UMCOR, so you can know that 100% of your gift will go toward disaster response um, due to our connection with United Methodist Church. Um, That's how it works. Um, So I'm not going to have ushers direct us. So just kind of watch, keep yourself spaced while the music is played and come partake of the elements um, and dispose it in the bowls and return to your seats. If you are not comfortable coming up, you you can wave your hand and we can bring one to you. Um, But come, all has been made ready. God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. May we indeed go forth as a people who have been nourished and fed with new life. May we go forth ready to plant, to grow, to to build, to bloom where we have been planted. It's your most holy name that we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 707, the hymn of promise. Um, I invite you to stand as we sing together 707. there for you to give your gifts your tithes and your offerings so that we can continue to be a church and to bloom where we are planted in this place Um, and also remember take time look around our walls as you're here for small groups that you can be a part of and please take time to look at the clipboards and sign up however and wherever you feel led to dive in and to step in to serve but now let us share the benediction one to another let us say these words one to another May the love of God help you to bear all things. May the love of Christ help you to believe all things. May the love of the Holy Spirit inspire you to hope all things, so that you abide in faith, hope, and love this day and forevermore. Let us go forth to love and serve our Lord. Thank you for joining us for worship. If you're looking for a safe place to explore faith, or if you'd just like to learn more about this community of faith, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to any member of our staff with prayer requests, needs, or questions, or just to find out how to join our church family. Now may the love of God surround you. May the love of God uplift you. May the love of God stand with you through the challenges ahead. May the love of God convince you in every situation to love. Go now to love others, even as Christ loves you. Amen.